0: Here, Hill here. goes the other way. Touchdown! This is Williams straight ahead into the end zone. Touchdown!
1: It's been a great ride. A lot of years uh, playing in the stadium and uh, made
2: great memories, great relationships.
0: 24 seconds left in the half. It's Brown with room in front of him. Touchdown!
1: Algie's run in the third quarter when you ran somebody over it looked like he was going to get dropped but then broke two tackles and then ended up trucking somebody that's always good to see Arias under
0: heavy pressure picked off there's that defensive touchdown
2: williams inside the 10
1: to the end zone touchdown i'm just excited that i got to enjoy today and got to enjoy watching young kids fly around and make some plays
0: we're down two. Williams, first down run.
2: How about a touchdown run? It's been surreal. Um, with everything that I've overcame and accomplished in my career, it's, it's bittersweet.
3: Next on BYU Sports Nation, winning... BYU Athletics go undefeated in the wild weekend of sports. Up next, only one of the most crucial weeks of the
2: year for Cougar sports. Saturday's football showdown in South Bend. Headlines a can't-miss week for BYU fans. We'll break it down. Quarterback Taysom Hill will be in studio to preview the Cougars and Fighting Irish. Plus, ESPN College football expert Trevor Maddich on why the Cougars can get it done
3: on the road. And BYU basketball on the top 25 hunt. Hey, just beat Iowa State.
2: And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer
3: Linton and Jeremy Jordan. BYU Sports Nation, back to work on a Monday. I'm Spencer Linton. Jeremy Jordan sits to my right, wherever and however you may be tuning in. Thanks for making us part of your day. What a weekend for BYU Athletics as a whole. The Cougars taking care of business at home. Now it gets real, but let's focus on those seven different wins that BYU sports teams enjoyed between Thursday and Saturday. Volleyball, a sweep on Thursday. Friday, women's soccer knocking off Weber State in the first round of the NCAA Women's Soccer Championship, for nothing. That's followed up by BYU men's basketball. They put up 100-plus in a convincing win against Mount St. Mary's. Then you go to Saturday. BYU football taking care of business against Idaho State. Before that, volleyball winning again. Women's basketball winning in overtime against Boston College by a point. And then men's basketball win by 24 against Colorado Mesa. 7-0! Seven and oh.
2: Yeah, and six of those on either BYU TV or BYU Radio. Uh, mad props to everyone involved with BYU Broadcasting over the weekends. I had a small portion of that with the pre- and post-game show, but I, that's every week, right? What... what Our group of people did was amazing. Five TV broadcasts in 50 hours. And you add another women's basketball broadcast to that. So amazing stuff. And this is literally the only place in the country where that could have happened. So the people that we get to work with here, a tremendous effort. And now you look ahead to what is literally the biggest week of BYU sports across the board the entire year. It's amazing that it lined up this week because... Uh, you have women's soccer, second round game against Colorado. Great opportunity in Tallahassee. to get to the Sweet 16. Women's volleyball is tied with San Diego for the WCC regular season lead. They have one game left. It's at San Diego for the WCC regular season title and out of birth to the NCAA tournament.
3: Just so happened to work
2: out that way. The cross-country teams will compete in the national championships this week in Indiana. And then, of course, football at Notre Dame, men's basketball with the biggest home game of the year. Yeah, I said it. Bigger than Gonzaga. In terms of uh, maybe where they're ranked, when I don't know, Gonzaga is up there. But Iowa State Wednesday night, pack the Marriott Center and watch on ESPNU and listen on BYU Radio. Iowa State just beat
3: seventh-ranked Michigan and now the Cyclones into the AP poll at number twenty-one. Jeremy just told me that. Yeah. So Iowa State will be ranked when they visit the Marriott Center as BYU basketball tries to go 5-0 and to open the season. Huge week. You like to think BYU basketball, if the Hoops team can knock off Iowa State, they just may crack into the top 25. A friendly reminder, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation every weekday, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on BYUradio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and on Dish Network Channel 980. Our show on demand every day on BYUradio.org. Oh, and you can catch the rebroadcast each day at 7 p.m. Eastern,
2: again, on BYU Radio. So join the conversation. You can tweet at BYU Sports Nation. You can like and comment on our Facebook page. And weigh in on today's poll question on Twitter and BYUtvSports.com, which is this. Two huge games we're going to focus on football and basketball. Football at Notre Dame, basketball, host, Iowa State. How does BYU do in these two games? We're giving you four options on the poll. You can say whatever you want on, on Twitter. 2 and 0 uh, hoops win, football loss. Football win, hoops loss. Or zero two. By the way, Jamal Williams named in FBS Independent Offensive Player of the Week for his three touchdowns and over one hundred yards on the ground. And then Justin Sorensen named Special Teams Independent Player of the Week. This just in. Not bad for BYU. I-, I mean, Jamal
3: Williams. Oh, by the way, only played what a half.
2: Yeah, pretty good. That was that. Uh, that first half is what you want out of BYU. Forty nine points. The 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 half record. For points, by the by the way, fifty-four. BYU had forty-nine. The Cougars, uh, the Cougars had thirty-five points in the second half or second quarter. The single quarter record is thirty-six. So BYU came close. Not the second half that you were looking for necessarily, but uh, weigh in on BYUTVSports.com and on Twitter. How do you think football and basketball are going to do this week? You have four options: two and zero, oh. hoops win,
3: football lose, football win, hoops loss, or zero oh and two. See how many pessimists are out there, or optimists for that matter. But uh, needless to say, this is, why, this is why you love sports this time of year. And, and we don't want to take anything away from soccer and volleyball because we understand the ramifications of those games as well and the prominence that come from winning conference championships. And if soccer can get it done against Colorado, another trip back to the Sweet 16, given the talent that team lost last year, would be uh, quite the run this year in 2013. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. What's
2: trending in BYU Sports Nation?
3: Topic 1. Winning. Tell you what, we just broke it down. 7 and 0 for the teams last weekend. Now the real litmus test happens for uh, four of those teams, and we're going to focus uh, right now on football BYU headed to South Bend. The interesting take on this for me, Jeremy, is they played their last year. BYU played their last year. And coming off an Idaho State win, you and I don't read into that a whole lot. They just they, they did what they needed to do. They're coming off Wisconsin, so now BYU has to go to Notre Dame. Uh, basketball, however, they averaged over 100 points a game after three contests. They scored 84 against Colorado Mesa, shot 1 for 21 from the three-point line, still win by 24. But the team... I can't remember a time I was this excited to watch an offense play for BYU basketball. I, uh, Jimmer created a lot of offensive excitement, but now the whole team. There are no, there are a number of like one of maybe six or seven guys that can go off for twenty on any given night. Can't remember the last time that happened.
2: Jimmer's senior year, BYU played uh, what what felt like a tough non-conference schedule. They played at Creighton when McDermott was a freshman. Uh, they played Arizona with Derrick Williams, who ended up being a top ten pick and crushed him at home. Other than that, there there weren't a ton of challenges for that team. This team in 2013 14 has a very challenging non conference schedule. You don't you don't see, you know, top ten teams on there per se, but I mean just a bunch of resume builders like a Stanford, like an Iowa State, like uh you know, U- Utah State, Texas, possibly Wichita State next two zero, DePaul. Uh, there's a Massachusetts, there's a lot of good games here. And so Wednesday is the second of those games. Weaver State was one of those two. So may, make it the third. I'm excited, like you, about the talent on this team. Now the big question is, what is the status of Tyler Haas? Dave Rose will be on True Blue tonight, 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV to answer that question. He told Greg Rubel Saturday night on BYU Radio. Might have been off the air, but Greg tweeted about it. And Dave Rose, in relation to Tyler Haas' health, said, I'm worried. That worries me. Uh-oh. Lower abdominal strain sat out Friday and Saturday games. Without Tyler Hawes, it's going to be a much tougher challenge, which will still be tough against Iowa State, even if Hawes plays. Here's the thing. Tyler Hawes, going down the
3: elevator, uh, he saw one of our producers and said, "You know, I quote, it stinks that I'm not playing. And you know that kid wants to be out there. That kid is an absolute warrior. And a lower abdominal strain, if you've, had, if you've ever strained an ab muscle, it's really weird. It, it's it's a funky injury and not one that you can just kind of play through, especially as a basketball player when you're extending. And, and with a kid like Tyler Haas with the jump shot and how much motion he has in his arms and, his, and the way he shoots the ball like that, that affects you a lot. And so if Dave Rose is worried, then yeah, it's a legitimate concern. I'm going to say this, however, BYU is still a really good basketball team without Tyler Haas. Isn't that something? They, I really believe that they can beat Iowa State without Tyler Haas. They are that deep, in my opinion.
2: It'll be a much tougher challenge, I'll tell you that. When you lose a top-ten score like that, I, I mean, with Tyler Haas, it's going to be tough to beat that team in the Merritt Center. But let me tell you what the difference could be. If Haas can play, even if it's not 100%, it's that that place is packed. Because when teams come into the Merritt Center and it's packed, it's tough. Ask Wake Forest... Uh, Jimmer's sophomore year, ask Gonzaga, the number one, number two team in the country last year, how tough it is. They escaped against a raucous crowd. So Cougar fans, locally, get in here. And then nationally, tune in, weigh in on Twitter, bring the support. This is a big time game for
3: BYU. BYU basketball 4-0, and BYU football 7-3, and both teams undefeated last week Women's soccer knocked off Weber State 4-0 on Southfield. Here's the interesting thing about women's soccer. Everyone thinking, okay, this is probably the last game BYU's women's soccer team will play at Southfield this year. There is an outside. It's really small, but there is an outside chance they could host a quarterfinal back in Provo. And here's how it happens. They take care of business against Colorado, and they beat either Mississippi or Florida State. And they need Nebraska- and Portland to both lose. So, yes. That, that so it's would,
2: not going to happen. That, as that, would, <laughs> that would take a lot.
3: But there is an outside shot. Number one thing, however, is they're playing with a lot of confidence. They, they have won eight straight games, and they're looking to make it nine against Colorado. That worked out. Denver was the team that many thought they would play, a team they lost to earlier in the year. Well, now they get Colorado, and they'll play in Florida at sea level. Run around, try and get it done so that the women's soccer team get it done. And then the women's volleyball, maybe the most under-the-radar team here at BYU right now, they don't even have Jennifer Hampson. They lost their 6'7 star All-America player who's redshirting to just focus on basketball. Without her, they can still win a conference championship. A huge shout-out to uh, the women's volleyball team and uh, Coach Sean Olmstead. Great stuff right there. Topic 2, let's go. Topic 2. On to Notre Dame, and for the record, the Cougars didn't sleep on Idaho State. The game was clearly out of hand um, middle of the second quarter, and tried to manage it best best way possible with as much class and respect for the game and our opponent as we could. So they're up forty nine to three BYU at halftime, and I look around me the stands. There's all of like. 4,000 fans left because it was just so cold and wet. And they want to go home and and get warm and and watch uh, the rest of the game, perhaps on TV. Bronco comes out of the locker room and I ask him, "Okay, Coach, given that the game is out of hand, what then is your objective in the second half? And he said simply, develop roster depth. Let's get everybody in. BYU did that. I think BYU played almost everybody that dressed. Now, a lot of you may be wondering, but why didn't BYU go on and score 70 or 80? They had 49-and-a-half. That has never been Broncos style. So I wasn't surprised at all to see BYU only put up 10 in the second half, Finished with 59. Not a concern for me that they slowed things down so much in the second half and didn't try and you know tack on another 49. That's not a big deal to me. BYU did enough. They took care of business, got it done against Idaho State. Now they can focus on Notre Dame.
2: The interesting part to me was that, uh, so Jason Munns is a senior quarterback. Some people wondered why he didn't get in the game, and Christian Stewart, Ammon Olson, and Billy Green did. Billy Green, by the way, broke a redshirt by getting into the game. Just wanted to point that out.
3: That's wow. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh,
2: I don't know what the future is, you know, what's in store in the future for Billy Green, but redshirt gone. You get into the game for even a snap in a season, redshirt gone. Medical redshirt's different. Even if it's against an FCS team? Doesn't matter. Yep. Hmm. So And I checked on that this morning with uh, BYU to make sure. But, uh, yeah, the point being in that game that uh, you got some backups in, and Jason Munns said earlier in the week, hey, Christian Stewart and some of these other guys, get them in. Don't worry about me. Jason Munns played last year against New Mexico State, but for those wondering, that's why that happened. If BYU had won 70 to nothing, I would not feel any different about the Cougars going into Notre Dame than the 49-13 win. Or 59, excuse me. I feel no different about it. I think that BYU is what they are, and they're going in with the team they have. Now, I would have loved to play at Notre Dame after the Boise State game. Five-game win streak, rolling, a little momentum. That would, I would have felt a little bit better about. But now you have Wisconsin and Idaho State, two very different games, two games that uh, you know BYU has played, and now they're ready for Notre Dame. It's time to go. Play the Irish, and throughout this week we'll break it down. And again, Taysom Hill will join us in studio today. And in about five minutes, Trevor Maddich of ESPN will help us break down BYU-Notre Dame.
3: So what can you learn from a game like Idaho State? That was our question for Bronco Mendenhall, and we're seeking after his takeaways from that game. Well, he focused on the development of not just the roster, but specifically the running backs. He was really impressed with Algie Brown and Adam Heenan. He spoke about uh, some of those guys taking the load off of Jamal.
0: And They've worked really hard in practice. We just have so much um, confidence in Jamal that it's hard to take the ball out of his hands. But what this
3: shows is sometimes especially late in the year when, when he's getting the volume he is that you know maybe there's a couple more carries for a, f- a few other guys. Okay, it's nice to have depth. But I want the ball in Jamal Williams' hands as much as possible against Notre Dame. He had a breakout game in South Bend last year. He was great. The more that kid gets the ball man, he runs hard. I if if I'm going to give Jamal a season high in carries, it's going to be this week
2: against against Notre Dame. And that'd be what, 34? Didn't he have 33 against Virginia? <laughs> I'm okay with him carrying the ball 34 times if that means beating Notre Dame. And like I said, to me, nothing that happened against Idaho State would make me think differently about BYU football. It was It was just a televised scrimmage. That's what it was. And so Jamal needs the ball, y'all, against Notre Dame. It's it's going to happen. Trust me. If if it's a tight game, you're not you're not going to see Alternon Brown and Adam Hine have a lot of carries. It's going to be Jamal. But like Bronco said, it's nice to know that if you need those guys, they're there. Yeah, I'm not taking away the credit from Adam Hine, who by
3: the way was our Y factor. Congratulations to Dave, David Nixon. David Nixon, who uh, accurately selected Adam Hine. Uh, he had over 200 total yards. He runs hard. He's a great special teams guy, but he's not Jamal. He he, he made. He's going to get there. He's developing still. Jamal is the dynamic player. You saw that breakaway speed against Idaho State. Man, that seventy-yard touchdown run—that was that was good stuff. So, for me, Jamal—the more he touches the ball, the better. Topic three. Past the quiz. Now the real test. BYU basketball taking care of business against Colorado Mesa. Win by 24. They shoot one for 21 from the three-point line. Dave Rose was certainly not happy about that, and I was sneaking around a couple of those I shouldn't say sneaking around. I've been invited to be the sideline reporter. (laughs) I snuck up to the BYU huddle. Wait, what? (laughs) I'm paying attention in the BYU huddle, and he was really upset. They were up by 20 with probably 10, 12 minutes left in the second half, and he just said, we're taking some of the worst shots I've ever seen as the BYU coach. And um, that's a little disconcerting, but uh, they calmed down and, and started to run some plays, and I think that's what he wanted to see, so he was more encouraged. But uh, the 1-for-21 certainly did not go unnoticed for the BYU coaching staff against Colorado Mesa, and they win by 24, but I think they feel like they probably should have won by 40.
2: Again, like football, I'm going to look at basketball and just go body of work where, hey, that was a tremendous week. You could have played better. 1-for-21 is crazy terrible, of course, but... It's against Colorado Mesa. It's on a Saturday. Haas isn't in the game. That's fine. To me, that's like the Idaho State football game. So BYU heads into Iowa State after gaining some momentum, and you've developed a couple of guys that might not have been there. Anson Winder has a ton of confidence right now. Frank Bartley off the bench. Skyler Halford. Eric Meek has gotten better. So I, I like BYU's chances against Iowa State. You've got to have a healthy Haas in there to help yourself. He's the best player BYU's got. BYU, Anson Winder,
3: speaking of him, double digits, back-to-back games. He went into double figures once all of last year, and now he scored 22 against Mount St. Mary's and went double figures in, in points as well on Saturday night. So BYU basketball, getting it done, now you get Iowa State. It's another chance to prove, yeah, this team is for real, with or without Tyler Hawes. Would love to have him, but this team has enough depth enough scores that they can compete with the Cyclones. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, why does Trevor Maddich think BYU football will win at Notre Dame? Find out next. This is BYU Sports
2: Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network.
3: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan hanging out. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at
2: Jerem Jordan. Join the show's uh, growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Tonight on True Blue, big show. Jamal Williams and Cody Hoffman are in studio to preview the Notre Dame game. Blaine Fowler as well. And Dave Rose is in the house to discuss the Iowa State matchup, Tyler Hawes health, and the new recruiting class. True Blue with Dave McCann airs tonight at 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV. That's a loaded show. Bring it. And this is a loaded segment. It's a loaded week.
3: Beginning with ESPN College football expert Trevor Maddich, former BYU national champion. We call it Maddich Monday. We look forward to it every week as we continue along a very entertaining BYU football season. Trevor, BYU taking care of business against Idaho State, 59-13. What did you see from that game? We won't spend a whole lot of time on it, breaking it down, but what did you see in the little time that uh, you paid attention to that game?
0: Well... With all due respect to Idaho State, this was the same kind of scrimmage that Notre Dame had. Notre Dame's got a bye week. They scrimmaged their own people. BYU <laughs> had a bye week. They scrimmaged Idaho State. So, you know, I mean, I'm a little disturbed that uh, Taysom was a little lackadaisical with some of those interceptions. But at the same time, you know, it, w- it was a scrimmage. And I think that was sort of the, not the attitude. You don't ever want that attitude. But I think that was just sort of the effect of it. So I'll give you guys a mulligan for that.
2: Trevor, why does BYU get it done this weekend at Notre Dame?
0: Because Notre Dame on defense is inexplicably soft this year. It's really striking to me. They don't get after the quarterback very well. They don't get behind the line of scrimmage for tackles for loss very well. And considering that they've got Stephon Tuitt at defensive end, Prince Shembo, at an outside linebacker to go along with Louis Nix the third, who's one of the major beasts in all of college football at nose tackle, uh, I expected them to do more and be more disruptive on defense. Now, Nix is that big of a beast, but because they're not getting as much pressure on the edges, teams are able to linger with their double teams on Knicks, and that's one thing that BYU will have to watch for because their offensive line doesn't match up well with those guys, even though Notre Dame's defensive front has not been doing all that well. A couple of those guys, if they play up to potential, will be individual matchup problems. But the other side of it is Notre Dame's offense also has been underperforming, in my opinion. I thought their running game would be really strong this year, and it hasn't been. It's been mundane a well, mundane running game against BYU's defensive front, I don't think we'll get it done. The other side is that Tommy Reese is the starting quarterback there. Now it was supposed to be Everett Golson, the freshman that last year took them to the national championship game, but he got himself kicked out of school. Won't be back till next year. So Tommy Reese has had to be the starter. The thing about Reese is that he's the coach's son. He knows the game. He understands where the ball needs to be thrown. The problem is he doesn't have the physical talent, the arm talent to be able to have his body put the ball where his brain tells him it does need to be. And so he's a guy that that you can take advantage of, especially since BYU can rush the passer and put him under physical pressure. A guy like Tommy Reese, what you want to do is make him beat you with athleticism. In other words, take away the throws, the short throws to the short side of the field, make him throw the long throw to the far side of the field over a defender. Those are harder throws. That's what teams have done to Tommy Reese all year, and that's what I expect BYU to do. So Notre Dame still has a lot of talent. This the BYU will need to play their best in order to win this. But BYU can win this, and I think it's because of the matchup.
3: Given that Notre Dame lost to Pittsburgh, and we're talking with ESPN's Trevor Maddich now on Maddich Monday on BYU Sports Nation, do you feel like that loss to Pittsburgh – may serve them well in preparing for BYU and wanting to get things back on track?
0: Yeah, and it's not just that they lost to Pitt, it's the, it's the way they lost. If Notre Dame would have wiped the floor with Pitt, I guess Pittsburgh now, I guess that we call them still, or they get mad when we call them Pitt sometimes. Sometimes they're okay with it. I, I don't know where they are now. So <laughs> Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I don't want to make them mad at me. But uh, Pittsburgh, if, if Notre Dame would have just whipped them, then Notre Dame would have gone into the uh, bye week, with a false sense of security. And I don't think, you know, they played BYU last year, so they do understand how physical BYU can be. And uh, certainly on defense, on offense, I think they'll be in for a little bit of a shock at the pace. But the fact that they self-destructed against Pitt, I think is, is good for Notre Dame in this game against BYU, and it's bad for BYU. Because all of a sudden, not only do the coaches know that they, that they messed up, the players know. You get a team like an Alabama, for example, and their coach Nick Saban might blow somebody out forty-five to three. Saban will find some little thing to nitpick on the mat, so he can yell at them in practice the next week. But the players are thinking, Coach, seriously, we won forty-five to three. Well, Notre Dame not only lost, they lost in stupid ways. They committed terrible penalties at terrible times. Terrible turnovers at terrible times. They made bad decisions. It was just a horrible performance by the Irish altogether. And what that means is that going into practice of their bye week, those players will be on fire. I mean, it'll be like training camp for them. And so... That puts them in a position to reset, reshuffle, refocus on the fundamentals of the game, and come out against BYU, giving the Cougars their very, very, very best shot of the season. So BYU had better be ready because Notre Dame will be with their hair on fire coming out of that gate.
2: ESPN college football expert Trevor Maddich and former BYU Cougar national champion Trevor Maddich uh, on BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, when you look at BYU-Notre Dame, last year was an interesting matchup because BYU was inferior to what they were this year yet they go into South Bend and they could have won that game. Uh, and Tommy Reese started that game at quarterback, so BYU's seen him before because uh, Golson had a concussion the week before. What impact does Tommy Reese uh, have on the game against BYU, and can the Cougars defend him in the air?
0: I think they can, and they defended him last, uh, last game as well. I mean, BYU led 14-7 to at halftime. And they were able to come back. BYU's offense just couldn't, couldn't get the ball rolling at all, which they really struggled with last year um, as well, which is why we see the changes now that, they're, that we see on the offensive side of the ball for BYU this year. The, so the BYU's defense did well against them, and I think that they'll do even better uh, this year against Tommy Reese just because their offense isn't humming the way it was last year. So I think Tommy Reese is not really going to be the problem as long as they can stop the run then I think BYU's defense will pull off some, uh, some turnovers. What will help is if BYU's offense can actually score some points because that will allow the Cougar defense to, to unload and be creative. Bronco Mendenhall and his defensive staff are creative at times, but they'd rather play you straight. And if, uh, once they start to get nuts with the blitzes and the stunts and things like that, they're really hard to stop because you don't see it as often as you see those kinds of stunts and blitzes from other teams. And when they come, they are things that you don't see on tape all that much or at all. BYU's got a lot of stuff they can whip out if they want to on defense. So if the offense can score some points and give the defense a bit of cushion to take some risks, then I think it'll get really exciting for Tommy Reese in that pocket.
3: Wrapping up with Trevor Maddich of ESPN, college football expert. Trevor, I feel like BYU should win, personnel-wise. They've played at Wisconsin in a hostile environment this year. They played in South Bend last year. It's about business. That's how I feel. How do you read into that ideology? (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's about business and ideology. Are you referring to the uh, relative church affiliations of the two schools? <laughs> are, you, are you trying to get me to say that? Are you trying to get me to go there? I no. know you are. <laughs> no. I know you are. BYU can win. But there, there are a lot of similarities to the Wisconsin game in this for BYU, in that if, if Stephon Stefan Prince Shembo, and those guys are playing well in, in the front – BYU's offensive line will be physically overmatched at certain places along that line. That's not a knock on BYU's offensive line. They're a work in progress. They've got talent. They're getting better. But Louis Nix III, for example, is a guy that uh, knows guard. He could have gone to the NFL last year. And, you know, as long as he's healthy and playing in this game for Notre Dame, there's very few centers in the country, in the country, that can match up with him and have anything other than a disastrous day. And so there are individual matchups that'll make it difficult for BYU that they'll have to they'll have to deal with they'll have to manage, and as long as they can manage some of those matchups, then I agree with you. I think BYU should win this game, but but if they do, it will still be a quality win. Notre Dame they're tough to beat at home, and and this is the team that last year was in the BCS national championship. They're used to big games, so uh, I, I like BYU's chances. I liked them against Wisconsin last week. And we ran into the problem of the offensive line being a bit overmatched at the point of attack. I like BYU's chances better this week because the Wisconsin offense is better than the Notre Dame offense, and I think we'll have a chance to keep this thing close. So, yeah, I'm going to call BYU for the win, but this is no guarantee, and it'll take quite a fight in order to get it done.
3: Trevor Maddich, always a pleasure. I know you're a very busy guy. I hope you enjoyed some time at home uh, before you head back out on the road again. And uh, we appreciate the time again on BYU Sports Nation.
0: Thanks. I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to this game as much as any game I can remember in recent memory as a BYU fan. This this is going to be an exciting week.
3: Fantastic. Cougars and Irish on Saturday, NBC. Thanks, Trevor. All right, thanks. Up next, BYU quarterback Taysom Hill in studio. The Cougars' dynamic star making a return trip to BYU Sports Nation. Keep it there.
2: We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and
0: you are tuned in to BYU Sports Station on BYU Radio.
3: Welcome back to BYU Sports Station on BYU Radio with Spencer Linton and Jeremy Jordan. Big night tonight,
2: Jeremy. Yeah, tonight on True Blue, Jamal Williams, Cody Hoffman in studio to preview the Notre Dame game, and Dave Rose is in the house to discuss Iowa State, uh, Tyler Haas' health, and the new recruiting class. Eight thirty Eastern on BYU TV. I just want to know if Jamal's going to wear his blue Santa hat. I don't think he will today. I'm guessing some Uggs are in <laughs> are in order. Or the or the
3: pink Uggs? Did he get the pink Uggs, or just you know what? That's the perfect question for our next in studio guest, Taysom Hill. Taysom, you and Jamal are very close. Uh spent a lot of time with each other on the field and off the field. Can you tell me about his style?
1: The the Uggs? Are you okay with those, man? I I, I don't know. I would never wear the Uggs, but <laughs> they work for Jamal. So uh, you know so be it and so. the blue
3: santa hat i think he said i think he described that as cute and sexy when i asked he, him about well, it when he says the word sexy he
1: says sexy <laughs> yeah i don't i don't go there you know i don't take any any uh, dressing tips from jamal that's for sure
3: okay that's a fair answer okay saturday take care of business at idaho state you're from pocatello uh
1: did it feel kind of like a, a reunion for you in that game Do you see some guys you knew how was that yeah, it was fun. Uh, there was one kid that I knew on the, the football team. He was their starting free safety and played with uh, his older brother. And He was a freshman when I was a senior, so it was kind of fun. I was joking around. I spoke at a fireside last night, and, and the way I introduced it was um, – you know, I got confused at times because I grew up watching Idaho State. And so um, at times I didn't know who I was playing for, and, and unfortunately I threw the <laughs> ball to the wrong team <laughs> well, uh, that's why. three okay. times. Okay. So, yeah, I just wanted to, to set that straight. Um, I, I got confused and ended up throwing it to, you know, the Bengals. There was,
3: there was one interception where there was it was a bad snap. It was over your head, yeah. and I, you saw Cody down the field, and I, I know you trust that dude. You know? So was that just one of those where you, you throw it up and uh, you're just like, he's going to make a play on it? How, what, what was your uh Yeah, basically, mindset? I
1: mean, I, I got the snap. I kind of felt that there was nobody behind me. And so as I picked the ball up and turned my head around, I, I felt like I had time. I saw Cody uh, running to the back of the end zone, and I, and I was trying to make a play out of nothing, you know, and uh, – you know, shame on me. I should have thrown the ball away. And uh, hey, but that DB made a good, good catch. You know, I think he pulled it down with one hand. So, uh, good play on his part. Uh, bad play on mine. Was there
2: anything you could have done against Idaho State that would make you feel like, okay, now we're even more
1: prepared for Notre Dame, or was that just a formality to play that game? <laughs> I, I don't know. I would, I would say uh, more than anything was probably just to establish depth. Um, you know, I, I didn't even play two full quarters, and I think that was the way for uh, many of our guys, and so it, it allowed us to establish depth. You know, we went to Wisconsin. Man, I lost three tight ends in in you know matter of no time. So, uh, depth has been a factor for us, and I think that was a big positive coming out of that game.
3: The tight end, speaking of, you throw a touchdown pass to Richard Wilson on senior day. How special is that moment for him and for you?
1: Yeah, Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Richard and I have talked about that uh, quite often, you know, like— Asking if I was going to give him a bone, all the stuff, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've, obviously I, I don't go out there and target one guy. I, I go through my reads. I go through my progressions. And uh, pre-snap I saw a cover two look and I knew Richard was going to be up the seam. And um, felt like I kind of baited that safety as I rolled out of the pocket a little bit. Uh, freed him up and, and I was able to to put it on him and uh, he made a great catch and, and I'm so happy to, to be able to be a part of that for him and uh, he's worked hard all season and in, in the time he's he's been here so glad he could go out that way in, in Lavelle.
2: BYU sophomore quarterback Taysom Hill is in studio on BYU Sports Nation. Now we look ahead to Notre Dame and the interesting thing about that game is that last year you had the knee injury and you aren't even in South Bend. You're not soaking in that experience like the rest of the team. You were here watching it on television so what
1: do you expect from the Notre Dame experience yeah, i've had conversations with a lot of the guys that that were out there and um you know obviously saw pictures it was pretty well documented you know, it, was, it was a big deal for our guys and um it was a great experience they said they, they hadn't experienced anything like it the way that they're welcomed by their fans their players were very hospital and uh you know it was, it was a great experience and so i'm expecting to to receive uh the same experience go into it uh you know we're NBC National Broadcast um, give us an opportunity to again uh, showcase, showcase what we can do against a very quality opponent. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really excited and was bummed I wasn't able to make the trip. Don't watch Rudy this week.
2: <laughs> Don't let the shine of the Golden Dome get on you. Just go in there and do
3: work. Given that uh, you played at Wisconsin, a crazy environment, one yeah. of the best college football environments in the country, do you feel like having that experience kind of makes the the oh, the whole aura of Notre Dame uh, a little bit moot uh, a moot point there what do you think
1: yeah, I, I think um we we've had quite a big games this season and we've been in uh, a lot of hostile environments and we've had some good teams visit us at uh Lavelle Edwards Stadium so um it's not I'm not going into that game with uh, putting you know Notre Dame on any sort of pedestal they're a good football team and I know that and, and we're going to have to prepare uh extremely hard extremely well to go in and beat those guys but um hey we we are a good football team and we have uh some very talented guys on our on our team and uh as we've seen this year, we can compete and beat anybody and uh it's just gonna come down to who, who makes more plays than the other one and who has the opportunity to do so. So um they're a good football team and that's going to go into how much uh we prepare, how hard we prepare, but uh you know, I, I don't feel uh intimidated at all.
2: Taysom Hill joins BYU Sports Nation. I do have to ask you the following question. Those jackets that you guys are wearing on the side. Dude, the quarterback (laughs) jackets. Those are... Those are pre-Bronco era. Those
1: are, there's tan in there.
2: We, like, we seriously can't get some new jackets?
1: Uh, I, I don't know. But, uh, hey, they keep me warm, so I'm, I'm not going to complain. Taysom, either. I will buy you. I, w- I <laughs> that's will use my an own NCAA money. Violation. Let's true. not do that. <laughs> that's true. Let's I will
3: donate money. <laughs> I will donate money for a new quarterback jacket on the sideline that's just blue and white. I don't know.
2: Let's ask you about your health. I, I know I've seen I saw a picture of uh, your legs scraped after Houston. Oh, gnarly! When you came in last time. You could
1: barely, you know, your lower lip is <laughs> twice the size. How are you doing? I actually feel really good. Um, you know, the Idaho State game. I think I was probably tackled twice, and. Um, you know, that was it. So I came out of the game feeling really, really good. Uh, The only thing is I had a quad contusion against Wisconsin, and uh, a few of those effects are still lingering. But uh, other than that, I, I feel really good. I'm really healthy and ready to go.
3: As far as game film goes, what have you noticed thus far in your study of Notre Dame that that they do well that's going to be a challenge for your offense?
1: Yeah. Um well f- first, I think it's it's going to be comparable to Wisconsin, the the type of personnel, the the type of things that they do, but um they're big and they're physical. So I think uh they they play very sound defense. They execute at a high level, but um it's nothing crazy they're just big they're physical and they play hard and um you know that's that's how they win games it's because they're consistent so um i I think what they have going is is uh they play very assignment sound football and they have some big guys up front and uh they're linebackers and and so it's going to be a good challenge for us but i'm I'm looking forward to it how has
2: this season gone compared to how you thought it might go before the season
1: yeah um Look, we we've had ups and downs which I was anticipating, you know, there's it it's kinda like I had expectations but uh it was it was kinda uncertain as we went into the new season with the new staff, a new offense and I didn't really know how this new hurry up, all this stuff was gonna go. Um, so I, I would say it's it's met and exceeded expectations. I've had uh, disappointments at times. You know, when I say disappointments, I as I, uh, I would have liked to have played better. I would have liked to have seen our offensive unit play better at times. Um, but that's football. And uh, but as a whole, I'm really happy with the way that we have progressed as a football team, and I really like the direction that we're going.
3: There's a picture of you that Richard Wilson tweeted out uh, after the Virginia game, and it's just a reminder of how far this team has come. Can you sum up uh, what happened from week one until now and and where the mentality of the team has shifted overall?
1: yeah there's been a lot of things that that have changed and has gone into uh, our success. Um, one, I believe that um, our team we've we started to believe in what we're doing in our system in the hurry up and, and said, Hey, we can be pretty good doing this, uh, but we need to make sure that we come out and we play hard and we execute at a high level. And so uh as we started to believe that we started to train harder, we started to work harder in the film room and, and the weight room and, and all those things. And so I think that's a big part of it as well. And we we've seen um a a progression of our offense as well. You know, from week one to week whatever it is, 10, what, you know, however many games we've played, um, our offense has evolved quite a bit. And I don't know if you guys have seen it, but um, as a quarterback who's running it and, and is uh, very familiar with what we're doing, it's changed quite a bit and it's helped us out.
2: And it will continue to evolve as you figure out with all these injuries yeah. how you manage that. Hopefully J.D. can play this week, broken hand, like you said, a bunch of tight ends out. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens against Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to the challenge.
2: All right, very talented quarterback Taysom Hill in studio out of
3: Pocatello. Uh, Taters also uh, owns the potato gun on his right arm. Have you heard that
1: one? I haven't. What what are
2: your nicknames? Those are those are fan nicknames, I think.
1: Well, Taters Taters originated from Kyle. Okay. um, All right, that one's legit. I I would say that the majority of the nicknames originated with Kyle and (laughs) through his through his interviews and and. you know him not being able to censor what he says in an interview um, he and Jamal love yeah. it love it he uh he's, he's told the entire you know country or fan base what these nicknames are for me and Uh, That's
3: fantastic. Taters, the potato gun on display in South Bend Saturday. Wins versus Texas, Utah State, Houston, Boise State. If you can add Notre Dame to that list, boy, that's uh, that's a really good season. Good luck on Saturday. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, coming up, the Cougar Whip Around plus today's Rise and Shout. More of your tweets. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us.
1: We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Just heard from Taysom Hill
3: in studio on BYU Sports Nation. BYU football headed to South Bend, Indiana. Another trip to Notre Dame. Cougars looking to get it done and try and get into the top 25. Tell you what, Jerem, if they can beat Notre Dame and add that win to a list of already impressive victories plus win the bowl game i think BYU gets in the top 25 and all of a done i agree 10 wins
2: with that resume will do it hey let's whip it it's time for the cougar whip around soccer the 19th ranked cougars beat weber state for nothing in the first round of the ncaa tournament friday next up the buffaloes of colorado from the mighty pac 12 Thursday, 4.30 Eastern in Tallahassee, Florida.
3: (laughs) Women's volleyball. The 24th-ranked Cougars handled things against Gonzaga and Portland to set up a West Coast Conference regular season championship game Saturday against San Diego in San Diego. The final game of the regular
2: season. Love it. Women's basketball. BYU beat Boston College in overtime Saturday to improve to 3-0 play at Cal State Northridge Saturday at 7 Eastern on BYU Radio. Cross country. Both the men and women's
3: cross country teams qualifying for nationals after top four finishes at regionals in Ogden last Friday. Nationals this weekend in Terre Haute, Indiana, and will be broadcast live on NCAA.com. Congratulations to both of those teams.
2: Absolutely. Uh, recapping our poll question. Uh, two huge games this week for BYU football at Notre Dame and BYU basketball hosting Iowa State. How does BYU do in these two games? The poll results look like this. Cougar, BYU Sports Nation says 74%, 2-0. The next closest one is football wins, hoops uh, lose at 14%. If BYU can go 2-0 this week, that's tremendous.
3: Is there a more uh, gratifying week in all of the 2013 calendar year? if if no B-Y-U. the way,
2: the way the stars have aligned with football basketball and we've we've added you know soccer volleyball cross country and so forth just huge week for BYU Sports. Also, if you missed it, Jamal Williams is the FBS Independent Offensive Player of the Week, and Justin Sorensen is the Special Teams Player of the Week.
3: That dynamic duo gets our rise and shout today. Also, Jamal for wearing that awesome blue Santa hat. And if you haven't seen the interview during the BYU TV Sports post game, it, it's it's worth it. It's right around the 25, 26 minute mark. He's he's wearing the hat the entire interview, and he he has both called that hat cute and
2: setsy. Setsy. Love it. (laughs) Jamal and Cody and Dave Rose will be on True Blue tonight. Uh, Big big show tonight, 8.30 Eastern, with uh, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler.
3: Yeah, huge week. uh, Getting back to what's going on, if you're just joining us at the end of the show, uh, you missed a good one. Taysom Hill on. Trevor Maddich delivered on another Maddich Monday. And uh, football, obviously, at Notre Dame. BYU hosting... 21st-ranked Iowa State in the Marriott Center on Wednesday. Women's soccer in Florida taking on Colorado. A chance to go to the Sweet 16 for the second consecutive year And volleyball with a West Coast Conference de facto championship game at San Diego. The Stars have a line for a
2: huge week of BYU Athletics. The radio voice of the Cougars, Gregor Bell, made a great point a moment ago on Twitter. He said that uh, it's very rare to get non-conference ranked home games. Right. So I he in fact he said there's only been five the last thirty years. Who's the last? Wake Forest? Is that the
3: last ranked team that played in the Marriott Center? Well non conference. Non conference?
2: Probably. That was a good game. They were they were ranked sixth, uh, and that was a tremendous game. That was a fun game. And they these teams come in here when it's crazy and they go back and they go, Oh my goodness, BYU has some something that's nuts. The thing is with BYU, BYU's strength as a crowd is its numbers. It's not necess- it's it's not Cameron Indoor. It's not I don't know, name name some other place. But BYU is a is a top 10 venue for college football or basketball and football for that matter because of the number of people in the Marriott Center. It's one of the largest on-campus venues in America for hoops. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. So the rock bring it, the rest of the fans bring it.
3: Other great basketball venues uh, the Cannell, Gonzaga,
2: you know, and, right. and it's smaller, but it's what it feels like when you're in there, yeah. right? Yeah. What if the kennel was twenty thousand? Oh, good. You grief. know what I mean? That's what the Marriott Center they, is they when pack it's packed. Man. It's awesome. Okay.
3: Uh, going back to the Trevor Madigan interview, I thought he said some really interesting things. We asked him why should BYU beat Notre Dame. He says Notre Dame's defense is inexplicably soft, oh. and he listed the two or three guys, it, you know, topping that line. Louis Nix, Louis Nix. Those third? guys are going to play in the NFL, and he's like, I don't know what's going on, but they're they're soft. Also, he said Notre Dame's offense, let's face it, has been underperforming. So he he did say those things. He feels like he called a BYU win, but he said beware. This is the one thing I want BYU to beware of, and that is given that Notre Dame lost to Pittsburgh, they've had a week off to be angry. They've been sitting off that loss. They're going to come out and have some you know. He some said spit, their hair on
2: fire, right? Yeah, spitting
3: fire in their mouths. Uh, so that's that's the one tricky part about BYU going in after a a loss at Pittsburgh for Notre Dame,
2: they're going to be fired up to play in front of their home fans again. And they remember last year that that was a close game. Notre Dame played a bunch of close games, but every bounce went their way, right? So this time, BYU comes in with a better team. Notre Dame's not as good as they were last time. So the matchup's good. And of course, fans will remember you you never lose a, a game on a single play, but it sure feels like it sometimes, right? Cody Hoffman getting open at the end of that game Uh, and BYU missed the pass and uh, didn't get it there. So BYU very well could have spoiled Notre Dame's season. They hope to continue to spoil the season this year. With a huge game Saturday, countdown to kickoff will be at 2.30 Eastern time. Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler will be in in South Bend at Notre Dame Stadium live uh, with reports from the field. So it'll be exciting. Lucky. Lucky. Use lucky with the Irish. Very nice. (laughs) I told Taysom Hill not to watch Rudy this week. I'm going to watch Rudy <laughs> this week. I'm not in the game and at Notre Dame. That's I guess that's my point. I made that trip as a fan last year. Yeah. It was awesome. How
3: was it? It was fantastic. Uh, especially if Riley Nelson hits Cody Hoffman on that pass in the fourth quarter and BYU wins the game. But, you know, what could have been? That was the theme of the season. Coming up this week on BYU Sports Nation, BYU basketball head coach Dave Rose, defensive back Daniel Sorensen, Blaine Fowler, and we'll preview the Notre Dame game with a notable list of experts. Going to Twitter now, and this coming in from at
2: MJergy, BYU Sports Nation. Baylor was ranked two years ago, right? Yeah. At, yeah, so at, that's right. At Big Dan 11 yeah, that's right. It, it was December 17th, 2011. My Good sister call. Lindsay is going to get mad at me because that's the day she got married. So I didn't get to go to the game. I was watching on my phone in Salt Lake as we're taking pictures. It's like 10 degrees outside, freezing, and just watching that game via the app. Okay, so the Bears were the last ranked
3: non-conference opponent
2: to visit the And BYU the lost Marriott by Senate. three. Yeah, that was a great, another great game. Brandon Davies
3: shoots a three at the end and gets blocked. That's the thing. BYU's playing highly ranked teams in Wake Forest and Baylor and competing. And you mentioned Gonzaga last year, even though that's in conference. And this it's team a is better re- than those it's teams. a really tough place to play, and now you have a better team. So, game on, Iowa State. The Cyclones coming to Provo on Wednesday. Let's get to some more Twitter traffic here, and this deals with uh, our poll question today. Of the two huge games for BYU football and basketball combined this week, what do you think the Cougars finish? 2-0? and Football and basketball both get big wins? Uh, basketball wins, football loses? Football wins, basketball loses, or both teams lose? And we'll go to At Post Jimmer, if Hawes plays, BYU has a very good chance to beat Iowa State in the Marriott Center. If not, it will be very tough with a depleted roster. He doesn't mention football, but talking about basketball right there.
2: Yeah, and the key there to me is, uh, to quote Uncle Drew, getting buckets. BYU's got to shoot a high percentage. That's what they did at Stanford. That's how they kept Stanford off their heels a little bit, was they made a ton of
3: shots. They shot a really high percentage. Here's the thing for me. I said I think BYU has a chance to win the game whether or not Tyler Haas plays. And people was like, you're crazy, Spencer. You're crazy, Spencer. Yes, they're playing in the Marriott Center, though. And that goes back to what we're talking about. It's a really difficult place to come in and win a game. So you got the home crowd. It's going to be rowdy. It's good chance there's going to be close to a sellout, if not a sellout, against a ranked opponent. So that plays a huge
2: factor and makes up a little bit for Tyler Haas not playing. Also, your roster is just really deep. Make it 54% on Monday. BYU shot 54% against Stanford. You know what BYU's crowd needs to do? The Rock? I saw this over the weekend. I believe it was Michigan State. They were I forgot the team they were playing. <laughs> they were calling out the shot clock number, right? So there's three seconds left on the shot clock in reality, and they say five, four, <laughs> three, two, and the, then the buzzer went off. Okay, that happened. Then the next possession, they did it again and got... The them chocolate- again. Oh, twice. Yes. They got the, the team rock. twice. Do it. When there's five on the clock, start chanting with seven. If you're a visiting six. basketball team, why are you <laughs> listening to anything the away crowd says? Oh, wait, what? <laughs> there was only two seconds? Oh. Hilarious. And then the North Carolina game, they, they're playing Belmont. And in the middle of a free throw for North Carolina, so it's it's in Chapel Hill, it's really quiet. Someone Someone in the crowd yells... It's coming like a wrecking ball. It's like super quiet, and you just hear this one fan. And the guy
3: the guy bricks it. That is the second Miley Cyrus Hilarious. reference we've had on BYU Sports Nation in as many days. If Fantastic. that's what it takes to win, let's do it. One last one from at Laser Sheep. Taysom and Bronson shine in a win. Tyler, Jaws, Hawes, and Mika. Shock Iowa State. Hashtag I love BYU. Assuming... Pause
2: plays. Big thanks to our guests today, Trevor Maddich and Taysom Hill, and everyone on our crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, station manager Don Cheline, production assistant Alan Miller, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Shout out to
3: uh, Jamal Williams and his mom who just said, BYU can win this game against Notre Dame if they play their game and stay focused. Check out BYU Sports Nation's Facebook page for show links and much more. Like and comment all you like episodes of the show on demand at BYUradio.org. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer,
2: and you have just listened to a Monday edition of BYU Sports Nation.